All right, welcome to Core Doctrine 24. This one is called Sphere Sovereignty, and it's in our Faith and Work Bible that we've been doing for the last few months. And the devotional was centered on uh, this this term that I've never heard before, sphere sovereignty. Now I'll go ahead and read the deeper in truth section of this devotional to give you a little idea of what it's talking about. How does God concretely manifest his sovereignty in our world? This is the question that led Dutch theologian, pastor, and prime minister Abraham Kuyper to develop the doctrine of sphere sovereignty. Kuyper believed God was sovereign over the entirety of our lives and that his sovereignty was concretely manifested through the various spheres of cultural life such as family, the arts, government, and science. Each of these spheres, like the beings God created in Genesis 1, thrive when they conform to the animating principles that bring flourishing to these spheres. Spheres. In this inaugural address, in his inaugural address at the Free University, Kuiper described the importance of the various spheres of life and how they are animated with their own spirit. As he saw it, life, with its visible material foreground and invisible spiritual background, is neither simple nor uniform, but is rather an infinitely complex organism. Life is structured in such a way that the individual exists only in groups, he said, and only in such groups can the whole of life become manifest. There are many parts and spheres, each animated with its own spirit. Just as we speak of a moral world, a scientific world, a business world, the world of art, so we can properly speak of a sphere of morality, of the family, of social life, each with its own domain. And because each comprises its own domain, each has its own sovereign within its bounds. Kuiper saw that God cares for the various spheres of culture. As Paul said, for, and this is our reading today, uh, our verse of the day, and it's Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. Romans 1.20. Paul makes the connection between the created world and the display of God's character, arguing that his divine nature is evident in creation. When we look at the world, even with all of its brokenness, we witness God's glorious character. This is not limited to the non-human world, but also includes the societal spheres that human beings have made and continue to make. God cares about the spheres of art, science, government, technology, and so on, because even with all of the world's brokenness, at the core of each sphere is an expression of God's character animating it. In other words, giving it definition, moral direction, forward motion, and purpose. So, for instance, we could say that the sphere of government is animated by God's justice, or that the fear of family should be guided by care and nurture. For those spheres to flourish, they have to conform to God's sovereign design for them and embody the qualities he wants them to manifest. When we understand the animating core of these different spheres, 
we began to glimpse what renewal could look like in these spheres. And I like, and, and that's the end of that deeper and truth section. I like the way the devotional talks about God's sovereign design. I think about that a lot. You know, the question, God, what is it that you want to accomplish here? Or maybe said differently, what is the right way to handle this? I think that question can be applied to so many things in life our work, our families, parenting decisions concerning our neighborhoods or communities. I think people wrestle with that question all the time. What is the right way to handle this or that? An example popped into my mind that that is getting more and more discussion in our culture today, sexuality. What is God's design for sexuality? We were discussing it inside my family recently. A man and a woman in a committed marital relationship, that is God's design for sexuality, right? Yet people try so many other things, right? Sexual relationships between men, sexual relationships between women. People even have new ways of defining what a man is or what a woman is. If a person is male at birth but decides he wants to be a woman, He can take certain types of hormones, have surgeries, change his name, ask people around him to recognize him as a woman. And the thing that strikes me about this example and about the devotional today is that each of us has ways we do things. But as we we do them, are we cognizant of God's design? Are we aware that God has the best way for us to do these things? Are we interested in that at all? Or do we just want what we want? I think it is true to say God is sovereign. He can do anything he wants. And also true to say God wants what is best for us over the long term, just like a parent who truly loves their child. But the devotional today talks about different spheres, different industries or occupations that we work in, each, you know, different subsections of our society. God has a design for each of those components. And if we follow that design, we can flourish in those areas. And I'm going to go ahead and read the connecting section of the devotional, be the last part of it that I read. Here goes. Sometimes the work that we engage in can be demoralizing and seem incredibly broken. Over time, we could become cynical about our work and the world, thinking that change toward reform is impossible. But when we understand that God is sovereign over each sphere and that he created each one to manifest a particular facet of his glorious nature, our hope for the industries in which we work can be renewed. Our hope for our sector, be that medicine, education, business, or any other sphere, is found in God and his sovereignty over the health and well-being of each part of our society. God cares for every industry in the world, and resident in each is an animating principle that reflects God's character and sovereignty. 
Of course, there are exceptions. God does not support such entities as human trafficking or pornography. These and others are egregious perversions of good things, such as service and art. God, more than anyone else, is committed to the renewal of all things, because all things were created to testify to his glory. And this hope can help us persevere. And that, that's the end of that connecting section. I, I thought that was, was interesting. And, you know, my question today is, does this resonate with you? Is this the way you see and understand the order of things? Certainly a big chunk of the secular world probably doesn't see it this way. But I think it's good for us to ponder today God's sovereignty and God's design. So I'll go ahead and go into prayer for us. Lord, we thank you for um, the opportunity to read Romans one twenty. We thank you for your design for the world. Help us to... to uh, focus on that and and see where it is that we can help achieve your design, uh, where we can uh, have that as our goal, to have a better understanding of of how should we handle this according to your design, because we know that your design is what is best for us. That is the best path for us. So we thank you for... um, just the ability to read a little bit of Romans today, and uh, we thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.